Welcome to the Life Leadership Podcast with myself, Leela Singh. All things coaching, career, and personal branding. This podcast is for ambitious career professionals like you, wanting to create a life of choice and freedom, to be, do, and have more through overcoming limitations, to develop new perspectives and insights, and to redefine your success, be that in work, health, relationships, and so much more. Hi there, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are watching from in the world today. Welcome to Live with Leela. My name is Leela Singh. I'm an executive career and personal brand coach, and I work with career professionals, typically in the technology industry, who are looking to overcome their limitations and uncover their true potential and ultimately creating new possibilities whilst showing up as the best version of themselves. So who's our special guest today? Well, as part of this week's International Women's Day celebrations, I am in conversation with Isabella Bovio, a leader in the technology industry where we will be talking about today, career transition. So if you're someone who's thinking about a career transition, you want to be listening up because we're gonna share about the importance of nurturing relationships to enable those transitions to be a lot easier. We're also going to look at how to overcome challenges of changing careers or changing the kind of roles that you're in. And Isabella will be sharing her experience in a world, a male dominated world as a woman, as a mother, and the challenges and the issues that she's overcome and how she shows up in that space. We'll also look at why it's important for you to take responsibility for your career as well as your pay increase and the promotion and explore the value of having a women's network in your organisation. A little bit of an intro on Isabella and who she is. So Isabella has shaped her corporate career in finance over the last 20 plus years across different countries, starting out in Italy, moving to Luxembourg, working there for several years, and now based in London in the UK. She's also worked across diverse industries, namely banking, confectionery, and currently in the technology sector. She's got a wide breadth of skills, knowledge, and experience gained in the areas of asset management, treasury, commercial sales, finance, and US GAAP accounting. She has recently been promoted to finance director based in London at DXE, a global information technology and consulting company headquartered in the US. She's a passionate people manager and a keen and effective leader with strong personal leadership traits. I first met and worked with Isabella back in 2009-2010 when we were both working together in HP Treasury. So I'm going to bring Isabella in now. Isabella, hi there, how are you? I'm good, nice to see you. Likewise, it's great to have you here. So thank you so much for joining me today. Um, so I'd like to dive straight in and have you share with us about your career transition from Treasury to finance you know, how that came about um, and what assisted you in that transition in terms of what you had to draw upon? Yeah, so um, 
So what, uh, where I was uh, when we actually met, Lina, uh, at HP mm. Treasury, I had been in Treasury for a few years, uh, at Ferrero before that, and then at uh, HP for some time. So I really wanted to explore uh, the other functions within the broader finance organization. Um, so what did I do? I, I, I shared my thoughts with people around me. Um, and when I say with people around me, it's clearly people who uh, I had built a strong connection with, relationship with at work. Um, and I, by speaking with them, it was also helpful for me to, because I wasn't clear exactly what, where I wanted to go. So by speaking with people, it helped me realize which were the options that I might have had. And then, um, and then focusing on, on, on looking for the right opportunity, right? So it was crucial to, um, get, you know, being connected with people, not only to get the job in the end that I wanted, but to, even before that, uh, to, to help myself to get some clarity around what I wanted, what it is that I wanted. And because I, I had been in Treasury for a long time, so I didn't necessarily understand how the rest of the finance organization was structured, uh, which then led into understanding what were the possible options would I, I would have had. So that's, I think that was important linking in, sharing thoughts uh, and and linking in with the right people. Yeah, yeah. So I think what I'm hearing from that then is, first of all, as you said, understanding what is out there. So speaking to people in other teams, in other departments to understand what kind of roles there are, what they do, what their experiences are of that. Um, and also drawing upon the relationships and nurturing the relationships you already have to be able to have those conversations. Correct. So, yeah. Um, so then tell me with, with respect to the move that you made, um, how that came about. And I'm, I'm going to be honest here with the audience. This is something that, you know, I was working with Isabel around this time as well. So I'm very familiar with this, but I think it's a really powerful story in terms of how that came about um, and something that I talk about a lot. So I'd love for, for you as well to share, share that. Yeah. So, so as I said, after, after having, uh, kind of come to a point where I realized where I wanted to go, uh, then I, I got the opportunity of, of, uh, of moving into a um, commercial sales supporting role um, from a finance perspective, and, and I moved across. So it wasn't um, necessarily, I must be honest, you don't know a job until you are in the job, right? Mm -hmm. You've heard of it, you might have worked with people that are in the job before, but from a different perspective. So moving across was 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 interesting, was something pretty new, um, and it happened uh, thanks to yeah, connections that I had, and you know mm -hmm. very well, uh, Lila, because you were part of the chain. Um, so you know I shouldn't hide that it was it was pretty challenging at the beginning because it was a massive learning curve that I needed to mm -hmm. to, to to manage. Um, but but yeah, I, I think. Um, so long as you are kind of got strong foundations around your technical skills, at least what you know, and then you can build on those. Uh, yeah. It's always that's always fundamental for me. And being very open and honest with your hiring manager, uh, mm -hmm. probably when you start a new job, being clear on what the expectations are, what mm -hmm. is the uh, you know, uh, ask him to him or her to help you through your development, but also own your earning learning curve. 
there's no one else more than yourself who's interested in, in your own learning curve as such. Uh, so focus on that and ask questions, be open, don't be scared, um, because that's the only way you can, you can um, yeah, get into a new job and perform well. Mm. Yeah, and I'm 100% in agreement with you, you know, first of all, with what you did is, and this is for, for, for you guys listening, if you're thinking about shifting your role, um, moving out into something completely new, is to remember to go do the research, go do the due diligence and speak to people, ask for help. Uh, that's really, really important and understand what is out there for you, because oftentimes we don't know. We don't know, and particularly in larger organisations, you just don't know what the kind of finance roles, as an example, they're huge. You know, it isn't just about uh, just using that as an example. It's not about going in as an accountant and staying as an accountant for the next 50 years. It's actually there's so many different roles that you can bring your skills and experience into in the same way that Isabella has done. She's, she's drawn upon what she already had, but she's also grown tremendously by stretching herself into something that is a bit of an unknown for her. The other aspect that I wanted to highlight there as well is that the whole network, the relationships and speaking to people. Because that conversation that Isabella had in order to, to move role came about from an introduction and a, like a referral into having that conversation about the role. So I often say it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you and also who are your advocates. And it's really important to build on your circle of influence, to have those advocates around there, people that are your supporters that will reach out to you and assist you when you need that help that support um and also i guess the last thing just to wrap up with that point is knowing what you want so having done that research knowing what you want and then making it known what you want so that people have that awareness so whether they are hiring or they know somebody who's hiring then they will think of you you'll be top of mind and all this comes back to what i talk about very often is personal branding having that strong personal brand so Isabel, I mean, you touched a little bit there on some of the um, like your approach and the, some of the challenges you overcame in terms of that transition. Would you like to just expand on that a little bit more? Yeah. So, so I I was not I am not a qualified accountant. Um, so there was a little bit of a I wouldn't call it a prejudice, but I sort of a um, a thought around that um, when I joined that new organisation and I got into the new role. So. What I really need to do there was to show that I had strong foundations in accounting, regardless of being qualified in the UK or not. So that was something that um, it, it, it took effort, but uh, it kind of I, you know, I, I did have to do that kind of work. Um, also, um, as I say, um, just be, you know, I, I learned to be open on what I knew and what I didn't know, right? So I, know, I knew the principles of, of accounting, but I didn't know how to negotiate a deal. So ask questions and try and work with people who have done the job before, shadow them on a few, in my cases, on a few um, projects, uh, and you learn massively. So go with an open mind. That's another you know thing I've learned. Oh, having an open mind is not a sign of weakness, it's actually the opposite. Um, and then own your own learning curve. Check constantly with your manager on where you are, how you're doing, uh, where, the, where is it that you need to um, adjust uh, what you're doing. Um, so there's no surprise, uh, you know, at mid-year evaluations or end-of-year evaluations. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's very much about uh, being responsible and conscious of what you're doing, aware of where you are, and uh, and, and 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 work 
um, use all the resources that a team has or a company or a team has to uh, to give you as I said ask to be to be uh, shadowing to shadow more experienced people for a while that's not again not a sign of weakness that's that's just learning tap on all the learning that's around uh, and just be aware that not always the learning is structured um, too much within different organizations so there must there might be so much that people know and there's no documentation so just speak with people and if you realize there's someone who's really knowledgeable has got a lot of experience on, on some key areas of your role go and work with them if you can for a while yeah all, all like really valuable nuggets there that you shared and i think it is so so important and sometimes it sounds really obvious but believe me i speak to so many people who are you know they go into a new role in a new company and they're scared to ask because they believe that they should know everything that the expectation is that they should go in and not have to ask questions because they've been hired to do this job and therefore they should know everything now and it will be seen as a weakness to ask for help and ask for questions um, ask questions so just slow down to that and recognize that we are always learning you know we're always growing no one in the world knows everything about everything and you know particularly transitioning into a completely new area or into a new organization there's always going to be things that are done differently whether it's the processes the systems you know how people go about things and as isabella said is leveraging the people around you not just necessarily in your team but even you know when you first start is, is booking meetings with people who you may have interaction with later on down the line to introduce yourself and talk to them and get to know them and understand what their roles are, et cetera, et cetera. So there's so much more to it that will really help to stand you in good stead and have you feel a lot more confident, a lot more quickly in progressing and developing in that role. So Isabel, thank you for that. And, and what I'd like to ask you now to share about is as a as a woman in tech which we all know is, is a male dominated environment um and as a working mum what have been your experiences of that uh yeah so as you said it uh technology is male dominated industry there's uh, no point in hiding that um so i often found myself in a room when we were working physically in an office or now in a meeting in a call uh with a bunch of of uh, of, of men uh, techie savvy men typically um, which can be a pretty intimidating kind of experience especially at the beginning so um what of, so you know I, I think there's no as i say it's no secret that there is that level of prejudice uh, if a, if a woman is stepping into that room um so i think what i've learned um uh, is that and then again the other thing the other element that kind of made me stand out a little bit is that i'm not um you know, I'm not uh, originally from, from the UK. Uh, my English is not my native language. So at times you don't grasp those jokes or those, that slang that is being utilized in those conversations and you feel like a little bit cut out. At times it's done, you've got a feeling it's being done delib deliberately, right? So as I said, it can be a pretty intimidating experience at the beginning, but um, so probably that's the, 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 what we can call it as the advantage of being a woman. Uh, in tech. Having said that, what I've learned is that the moment when you assert yourself through, though practically, I mean, uh, you need to show probably to be to put a little bit more effort in showing how much of what, what's your value, how you can contribute to the discussion in that room, um, how you're you're, you're as um, 
key in the conversation that's being uh, that's being held at that table. In that moment, I think you've done the, the, the bulk of the, the, the work in, in kind of taking down that barrier, initial barrier, because from that point onwards, you feel more comfortable. I started feeling more confident and comfortable in those situations. And people around me, men or women, they knew that I could contribute to the conversation in an effective way. And so that all that discomfort that was there at the beginning went away, right? So it is a matter of practicing. It's a matter of exposure. Uh, but just break that ice, the, the first layer of ice, and then and then things work, you know, as normal. So that's that's that would be my my experience from that perspective. Um, if I look at my work life uh, work life balance, uh, as you mentioned, Lila, I am a mother of a seven years old boy. Um, I've been extremely lucky to be working for a company that's allowed me to work from home pretty regularly in the last few years. So I was able to organize my uh, drop-offs drop and pick-ups in the afternoons or in the evenings. Um, uh, but having said that, I'll be you know, very clear, I never took advantage of that. Um, so the secret, real secret is to work smart. You, you need to be organized. You need to be focused on your deliverables, regardless of whether you're working for four hours uh, in a row or three hours and taking a break of half an hour to do uh, family related things and then pick up again. But you need to be very accountable of what you're doing and the quality of what you do must be at top levels. So use your flexibility, but smart, right? You need to be disciplined. You need to be organized. Uh, there shouldn't be compromising. You shouldn't be compromising the quality of your work. Um, so again, probably in a in a nutshell, is is work smart, yeah, and accountability, responsibility, focus, and discipline. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I, I again agree with all with you and all of that. I think it's it's building that level of of of, of trust. So right. by showing that you're competent, you're capable, you're disciplined, you're um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I guess conscientious to some degree to, to to get the work done and building up that trust to then be able to have that flexibility and being trusted to be left to get on and make it work because ultimately with a lot of companies it's about the delivery it's about the output the results and the performance um rather than you have to be sat at your desk logged on for from nine to five or whatever it is right and I think allowing, and this is for both employees and for managers to understand, I think being able to build that trust with your team so that it gives them the flexibility to be able to do what they need to do, but also then still to be able to deliver. And I think trust is the important factor here at play on both sides is to, to really build it up and have that so that then the relationship works. Um, and oftentimes I've seen situations where if there's a manager in situ who doesn't trust the team, then the the team will respond accordingly because they don't feel trusted. So then they may not put in 100%. So it's at the detriment of everyone. So again, from the top down, it's building, creating that trust amongst the team so that that, those fle that flexibility can work for everyone. But ultimately the work gets done. And I think it's really important what you said there about the quality of work not compromising you know, making it work for you in the way you need, which you, Isabella, have clearly done, um, and 
being able to work smartly. So I think that that's a really important takeaway from this. And, and on the other side, so the first part you talked about there being in a male dominated environment. And I've seen this before, and I think it's really important what you said there about a sometimes yes it can, it can be like a vulnerable situation when you know whether it's it, as you said um not being a native speaker and not necessarily picking up immediately on on some of the comments that are being made but showing up confidently and bringing the value speaking up and bringing the value that you have to the table and showing people what you're capable of not just through speaking up but in terms of the delivery the quality of your work and what you're doing the output, the impact that you're making often will build up the respect to have you then just brought in as another part of the team. Would you agree with that? I agree. And also to be um, adding on to that, um, um, just you know, going back to interacting uh, with male-dominated industry and not being intimidated by, by these uh, big tables of, uh, of, of techie-savvy people, um, at times it can feel confusing when they talk technical language and you're like what are they even talking about uh, and the moment when you find somehow the courage to ask the question uh, to get you know more detail or can you explain to me what this and that means you realize that you're not probably not the only one who didn't who didn't understand but nobody had the, you know the, the kind of the courage of asking the question and you're even more respected uh once you've asked the question because you're like oh she asked the question um so i, I think it, yeah so so i think it's it's very much about being um yeah open asking questions relaxed and especially be um kind of uh, confident in what you know because you would be the expert on a specific area you cannot be the expert as you said on everything so you would bring your expertise in that specific area but any you know you will have to ask questions to understand the context of of what's being discussed and i think it's it is a very key skill uh that the, the skill of being able to ask the right questions um especially in the role where i am now i need to understand the deal inside out and also the customer, what they want uh, in detail to be able to give you my advice. So yeah, they, being able to ask questions and asking questions, which at times it feels like, oh, I'm, I'm not comfortable asking the question because it shows that I don't know things. It's quite the opposite. You know what you are after and you're asking the right questions. So it, it, can, be, it can be pretty a statement, I would say, right, in itself. I absolutely agree. And also, you know, there is, no such thing as a silly question right unless you ask the same question like five times and you know because you didn't get I it think, the first four times yeah i think mm. our our president in the in the in the region says uh that the only silly question is the question that is not being asked and i couldn't agree more it's yeah. really true yeah yeah very good very good thank you for sharing that so tell me then um, when it comes to your career and taking responsibility for that, what's your thoughts around that versus um, what often I hear people saying and what a lot of people do um, is to sit back and wait for things to happen and expect things to happen. So, so tell me about your thoughts on that. Well, yeah, my experience is that there's no one on the planet Earth to be more interested in your career than yourself. So 
and um, and you you must own it. There's no work around that. You are the only person responsible for your own career. Um, and I'll, I'll give you an example, um, just only recently, because this has been, you know, a very common pattern throughout my whole career, and I think everyone's experienced similar things. But just only recently, um, I I I had my manager to coach me to to sponsor me sorry for a coaching mentorship program that was being advertised within my company for high potential women and he would not even have picked up the advertising email had i not gone to him and said i want to participate into that so i i did build the case for him i myself built my case he looked at it was happy with that submitted and i got i got the place so Again, it wouldn't have happened had I not been knocked this door and said, I want to do it. Um, the other example, I recently got promoted to the role where I am now. Uh, and again, I went to my manager and said, look, I think I should be promoted for this and that reason. So giving him again a case um, and a context and, and it happened. Didn't, you know, didn't happen over time, uh, but it did happen eventually. So. Um, I've never seen, or very rarely seen, happening, seen uh, things happening without uh, the, you know, myself pushing for things to happen. Mm. Um, if I look a little bit more back towards the early stages of my career, that was a little bit different. So I think it's different perspective depending on on, on what stage you are in your career. Yeah. Uh, back then, it was more about um, take being confident and taking the again. Uh, that leap into the unknown somehow, right? Leaving the comfortable position and the, the, all the known environment to move abroad or to move company and to move country once again. Um, to to be curious, to be curious, to be um, to keep your your brain working, to to be intellectually curious and and culturally as well. If you wanted to move mm -hmm. abroad, um, so that's that's about me. Uh, if I think of if I think of my my team now, so I am a people manager at the moment, and I've been for quite a few years now. Um, for as much as I am supportive of my people's development, right, because I do push them to think and consider future career, but I'm not. I cannot own it myself. I cannot own their careers myself because I don't know what they want to do, right? I I don't know what the passion is. I, I know because I ask them, but. I'm not the one making decisions for them. I will always facilitate uh, anything that they would like to do if I think that you know is the right opportunity for them, and and if I've got the right connections. But um, I won't be owning uh, their career management for them. Uh, so it is a very key and clear message that I give them. Uh, we regularly talk, of course, um, but my, the way I put it is, you know, let me know if if you need me to help with anything. Um, that's that's really uh, as much as I can do, um, and I think it's it's again being accountable, responsible, and um, and, and 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 kind of uh, yeah owning it. Yeah, mm. yeah. Again, you know, I think everything you shared there, I, I I share the same sentiment of what what you need to do. You do need to own your career. You need to. Oh, and when I say need to, if you want to move up the ladder, if you want to progress or even to move sideways and, and broaden your experience, you, you, you want to take time to get clear on what that looks like. And again, it comes back to maybe speaking to people, uh, maybe you have a mentor or coach or, you know, another manager in your organization that you could go speak to 
um, as well as your own, but draw upon um, whether it's your manager or people around you that can support you. So remember, I mentioned the circle of influence, your, your um, advocates and reach out and ask for help. So you've got to ask for what you want. Before you do that, you've got to get clear on what you want. And here's the thing. And I think, Isabella, you could, you know, you said, you know, you, you speak regularly to your team, you ask them, offer them help and ask them to, to let you know where they want that support. But a, a manager of people also has their own roles and other responsibilities day to day. Right. So you want to be able to make yourself top of mind. For when they're making that decision about, let's say, a promotion or you know, if you, there's a particular role that you would like to be considered for, make it known to people, to those decision makers, because it's not about sitting back and saying, well, they should know what I'm doing. They should know how good I am. They should know what I want to do because there is no should. You've got to speak up. You've got to speak up, make it known, communicate with people so that when, let's say, an opportunity does come up, you're then top of mind because then they'll remember that conversation where you express an interest in that kind of a role. They'll come speak to you about it. So you've got to step up and take that responsibility and accountability. As about I said, and own your career. Um, the other thing is about to touch on is pay rises. So tell me a bit about that and in, in like just your experience, let's say, of, of it. Yeah. So probably then linking back to what you just said, right? Uh, make yourself heard if you want a, a promotion or, or a pay rise. Um, yes, make yourself heard, but be armed with a very strong case, right? Because I, I, I have a team of fantastic people, uh, but at times I get the, the ask. Uh, well, these days it's a little bit different because inflation is, is you know, uh, is is. Um, is very high everywhere in the globe so we of course uh, people will want their salaries to say that you know keep the, the kind of their value uh, the real value so if you put that aside for a for a moment uh, because up until last year it wasn't like this right inflation rates were pretty pretty well lower let's say so that wasn't the biggest of issues but if you if you think you deserve a promotion if you think you deserve a salary increase Go to your manager armed with your case and explain why uh, you've been, why and how you've been contributing to the value of the company, um, you know, in the last year, in the last two years, and how is your value um, increasing? How is your um, your professional skills uh, getting stronger, and your contribution to the company is is worth more? And that then should be compensated accordingly. Um, I'm all open for that, but that is the uh, the attitude that people should have, I think, um, because just only go with and asking for salary increase, it's 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 a little bit of a sterile exercise. Uh, at least that's how I see it. Right? I'm always again supportive of having people grow in, and of course, when people grow, they deserve more uh, in terms of compensation. Um, mm. But again, it needs to be associated with growth, not only because you've been so long in the role. Right? That, that, that's not an argument for me. For instance, mm. that the argument of being so long in a row goes alongside with the inflation adjustments. Fine, that's a different thing. Uh, but salary increase for uh, for merit uh, or for performance that's different. It needs to be it needs to be based on on solid foundations. It needs to be based on 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 on, 
on factual terms, right? Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I, I agree. And, and something I talk about a lot with, you know, clients that I work with around this is, is about putting a business case together. Um, it's not about, oh, it's not an entitlement. That This is the thing. It's not an entitlement. It's about being deserving of it and being able to demonstrate that, even if it is that things didn't work out quite as um, you had planned, you didn't quite meet your objectives, but you overcame challenges along the way, then those are some things that you can use in that business case. And again, it is about stepping up. It's about speaking up, having that conversation with the decision makers. Um, I've been, I've done it. Um, I had a mentor who advised me to do it. And it was perhaps one of the most uncomfortable conversations I've had in my career. Um, but I did it and I was successful and I got a, an increase. And you have to ask, but you also need to demonstrate why. What's the value you have brought? Not just, um, oh, another year's passed. Why haven't I got a pay rise? Well, what did you do over and above? Like, what additional value are you bringing to the role? As Isabella said, you know, what is it? What is the, um, why are you deserving of that pay rise? What are you contributing to the growth of the business? Those are the questions to be asking yourself. Sorry, Isabella, go ahead. Yeah, and, don't, and I was just saying, don't take it in a negative way, right? Mm. This is not something that you should be feel like you're challenged. Actually, it is an opportunity for you to show how you've contributed to the value of the company and how the company should return that back mm. um, to, to, you know, to have you motivated and be wanting to be working with them for uh, in the future. So it yeah. is an opportunity, not a challenge. And I, and I hear you when you say, Lila, that it's, um, it, it feels like it's uncomfortable, uncomfortable um, conversations. But if you think of it, we, you know, constantly negotiate in our lives, right? Mm. Um, so especially, I, you know, I've been very close to, to, to sales and you've been too, Lila. So it is just a, a matter of, uh, of, of trading off some, you know, a dough death. So it is normal. We shouldn't be feeling too uncomfortable for asking, um, you know, to be compensated and to be rewarded for what we do, really. Mm. Uh, again, I think it's a, a, a one of those uh, kind of uh, uh, taboo around uh, asking for salary compensation. I feel uncomfortable about that. We shouldn't. If we really think that we're worth that amount of money, and I know it's a little bit harsh with it like that, but we should go after it. Mm. Uh, it's just only fair. Yeah. 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 You've got to ask, right? In, in life, in any part of life, you've got. To, if you don't ask, you don't get. The answer is going to be a no because you've not asked. Um, and and yeah, as you said, everything is a negotiation. Um, and I think particularly um, with women in organisations, and I think it, it's shifting a little bit, but it is really important to to step up with that confidence in yourself. And if it's something you're struggling with, um, as Isabella said, it's, it's seeing it as an opportunity to actually take a step back and look at what you've accomplished, look at your achievements, look at the, the progress you're making and the impact you're making in your role. Write it down, write a list of everything, keep a track of everything, you know, projects, um, wins, whatever it might be, problems that you've solved, whether it's internally, externally for clients, all of those things are small wins. And they're all things that contribute to helping you to reinforce your value that you're bringing, how good you are at your job. And that will instill the confidence in you to go and ask for what you believe you deserve. And I remember um, way back several years ago uh, when um, the whole pay gap topic 
kicked off with the BBC. And um, it was on the, a headline on the front of the Metro about it, Metro a London newspaper. And the chairman then of the BBC actually said um, in his defence was one of the points he made was that in all his um, years of being in like a management role or leadership role, um, he'd never had a woman come and ask him to negotiate her pay rise. He said, but every day of the week, I get a man coming in and asking. And that's the difference. We got to step up and ask, ask for what you want, understand your value and go have those conversations. And yes, it can be uncomfortable. It might be that that person you find it's difficult to approach them, whatever it might be. But end of the day, you've got to do it. You've got to get uncomfortable, as, as Isabella said about, you know, through her career, she's taken risks. She's made massive decisions, moving countries, moving organizations, moving um, in different uh, career transitions. So if you want to grow, you want to succeed, you've got to own it. You've got to take a take that action. Um, so just to kind of wrap up, Isabella, tell me a little bit about how you see women's networks within organizations. What's the value that they bring? What, what is the benefit of having that? Uh, so I, I think that in general, having, you know, being allowed to spend your time in an organization, like I am lucky that I am in that position. My company gives me the opportunity to spend time a few hours in the week to network with other women, connect with other women. Uh, that's a privilege because uh, building relationships and expanding your network, learning from other people, um, be it women or men, um, you know, what the work is and learning on, on their leadership skills, management skills. It's always, it, I, for me, it's always very important and it adds up to my uh, uh, professional skills. It is important. Um, so women can be very helpful. At times it can be the opposite um, between them. Uh, but, you know, go with your guts in a way. Uh, pick the relationships that can, uh, that you feel like are more genuine. Uh, don't only look at form, um, so don't only think of connecting with very powerful people. Uh, connect with the, as many people as you can, give an opportunity, give a chance to, to, to everyone you, you get an opportunity because uh, you never know, you never know. There might be people linked into other people and they are even more helpful at some point than the top guys who don't have necessarily um, all the time to look after every single inbox uh, email that I got in the inbox, right? So, um, and then I would say, yeah, um, don't only, of course, I mean, women today, well, we were celebrating International Women's Day, but network should be as wide as possible, as varied as possible. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, but yeah, as I say, initially I would go as wide as possible and then narrow down to what you really think the, 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 the most genuine connections are when you've got, to, um, you're kind of aligned on priorities and on ethics um on uh on strategy um so that's that's what i would say but be very open i in my case i'll always try to be very open-minded about networking open mind and again at times at those networking events uh, it can feel a little bit intimidating 
but I think it's it's the same for everybody. We're all humans. Probably we are all intimidated. Someone is a bit more like used, but uh, just walk up to the to the group of people and start chatting with them and understand that there's anything that you've got in common uh, and explore the possibility of keeping the relationship going. Um, so and, and don't forget, it's a two ways. Uh, exercise right uh, yeah. you're connecting with them and they're connecting with you exactly the same way so you see them as the as they see you so it's it's people it's people trying to 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 work uh to organize their careers or they even the, the, the work that they currently do not necessarily thinking that they want to move uh but they're trying to understand how work how how the world works outside their own their own world um, so that's the, you know, the attitude again of open mind and curiosity, uh, I would say. Yeah. And, and I love that, you know, open minded, absolutely just going open minded. And also, um, as you said, go wide with the, the, the connections that you build. And this isn't just about getting a load of business cards or connecting with loads more people on LinkedIn. This is about building deeper, meaningful relationships. And how do you do that? You do that by being curious, as Isabella said, it's being curious to get to know about people, learn about people, understand what makes them tick, um, maybe talk to them about their career journey, depending where they're at, uh, learning from them. And remember I said, it's not all, only about who you know, it's about who knows you. So it could even be um, that somebody who's maybe a, a, a peer of yours at the moment on a similar like job level, let's say, um, still worth having the conversation, still talk to them because you don't ever know where that person could end up in a couple of years time, they could be hiring and they'll remember that conversation with you. So it's really important to keep that network wide, be open, be curious. And Isabel, I know you mentioned about it can be intimidating, you know, walking into a room of strangers and, and going up to people and having conversations. One of the easiest ways to overcome that is focus on the other people. Because what we do, a little bit like public speaking, is we focus on ourselves. We focus on how we look, how we sound, what we're going to say, if we're going to sound stupid or say something silly and, and so forth and so forth. So it's all about us. Focus on the people in the room. Be curious. Go in wanting to, to meet people and build and nurture relationships. And you will find some. And you don't have to work the whole room. It may just be set yourself a goal that you're going to connect. Um, when I say connect, build some deep relationships, you know, really get to know somebody, set yourself two people or three people at the next event that you have the opportunity to go to. Because as I said earlier, you never know where one conversation can take you. It can change your life in a way that you would never have imagined. And that's why I, I always advocate for building, for cultivating, for nurturing relationships. So, so important. Um, so Isabella, thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else you'd like to to wrap up with or nuggets that you'd like to share? You, by the way, you shared so much in here that has been really, really insightful and I think valuable for our, our listeners. No, thank you, Lila. And I think you summarized what we discussed very well. Um, so I think the key words are, are very much curiosity, open mind and um, and accountability. Um, so that's that's what I, I would say is the is the three kind of keywords of uh, for for this topic, and uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. This is very kind of last minute, wasn't really planned out at all. So uh, thank you for being able to make the time to join me today. It has been an absolute pleasure. For those of you who'd like to connect with Isabella, she is on LinkedIn, um, so you can connect with her there. Reach out if you've got any questions for her. 
um, on the back of this conversation, then do pop them in the comments and tag her in and she'll be able to come back. The same with me as always. Um, any questions, anything that resonated with you today, any kind of new insights for you to think about, then pop them in the comments and ask any questions that you may have. Isabella, thank you once again. Until next time, thank you for dropping by. Hope you've gained some value from today. I look forward to your feedback, to your comments, and always remember to elevate your performance, maximize your potential, and create new possibilities by showing up as the best version of you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you enjoyed and gained value from today's episode, then do please leave a review telling us your key learnings and what you enjoyed the most. And do please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can spread the word on life leadership, creating a life of choice, freedom and new possibilities. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And if you would like to learn more about how we can work together, either DM me on LinkedIn or email me. All details and resources can be found in the show notes.